0: I think we have to think about mental health in the same way that we think about our physical health. You know, if we, if we get injured, if we break our leg or if we have a headache, we go and see the doctor or we, we take some medication. Mental health is no different. If you've got something going on that isn't working for you upstairs, then you need to go and seek help for it. You need to acknowledge it, take responsibility. And the only way you're going to fix that is if you speak to people and, and, and get professional help. Welcome to the forging metal podcast with your blacksmiths tara o'brien and ron duran jr come inside and grab your hammer the fire is hot and ready it's time to harden the up let's get to work the forge is now open
1: Today's guest is Jordan Wiley. He's a former soldier, best-selling author, extreme adventurer, and also one of the stars of award-winning shows, Hunted and Celebrity Hunted. After leaving the Army, Jordan went into maritime security, making headlines after armed Somali pirates boarded his ship. This experience led to his number one best-selling book in 2017, Citadel, the true story of a one-man's war against the pirates of Somalia. In 2020, just last year, which we're gonna talk about, he wrote his name in the Guinness Book of World Records by running the deepest underground marathon. He also set another record that has now since been broken of stand-up paddle boarding for 149 days. Today, we discuss grand adventures, doing hard things, taking care of your mental health, and contributing to a greater good. Enjoy this discussion in The Forge. Jordan, welcome to The Forge. Thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with me today. And I also want to take one minute to extend a warm thank you to a previous guest, adventure psychologist and a friend of both of ours, Paula Reed, for getting me in touch with you. Otherwise, I'm not sure that you would have come up on my radar and that would have been a shame. So thank you, Paula. And I know, Jordan, you've been quite busy and uh, we're going to probably talk about that a little bit. So I'm thrilled this is finally happening. Um... Let's just jump right into this conversation. My first question is going to be centered on this idea that your life resume, I'm going to say it's its awe-inspiring. Some of the, the extreme adventures you've done are, are, are kind of hard to wrap my mind around. And so I think my first question to you, Jordan, and I think this is a fascinating question for anybody that has a life like yours, What fuels your fire? What is it? What is your why? What drives what looks like a what's next kind of an attitude? What gets you going to the next adventure?
0: Well, firstly, Ron, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a, it's a privilege and a pleasure to, to talk to you. And as you say, thanks to Paula Reed, the adventure psychologist, for, for making the kind introduction too. But it's a great start, a question. It's a deep one. It's a big one as well, isn't it? What is your why? Wow. Well, to, to, to be very honest, you know, like, like, like a lot of people, I guess, you know, you you go through life, and you know you, you you do start to. I think as you get older, as you mature, as you travel and learn more about the world, you you start to ask yourself why you do what you do. And you know, like again, like a lot of people, I, I was in a job that you know that paid that paid quite well actually, but it caused me a lot of stress. It had a lot of oh, negative impacts on my life. You know, it, it gave me a good life, but it was also another side to that which people don't often see, and 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 that affected my family it affected my my mental health and i started to question what it what it is what i want from life and for me i've always been a passionate adventurer i've always loved the outdoors and i've always want i've always loved traveling the world and meeting new people i think that's that's the best education in the world to to travel and to meet new people i think they're two of the, the greatest gifts in life and you know, I spent I spent a decade in the in the British Armed Forces, and I, I traveled to to lots of places, some some beautiful places, and some hot and sandy desert places that aren't so nice. And I I got to see firsthand the effects of conflict and war. And I was always able to process as a soldier, you know, the the, 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 the principles of war, you know, why we went to war, and and the reasons and the logic. But what I struggled with was was actually the, the things that I saw in these places. And, and and the big thing that has never really left me was, was children. You know, I saw a lot of children and I saw some quite horrific things. And I was always able to, to process, you know, friends and colleagues losing their lives and, and paying the, the ultimate sacrifice. But I could never comprehend the atrocities that I saw that involved children. And I made a pledge, you know, maybe 15, 15 years ago now, that one day I would like to go back to conflict zones and 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 some of these crazy extreme environments, and I would like to try and give something back and try and inspire some hope for a better future. And the way I've tried to do that is by by raising awareness, raising funds, and for to, to help children in these places. And and the and the vehicle to do that for me has been adventure. You know, I. To be very honest, I, I have a big bucket list that never seems to end, and I I want to go out there and I achieve it, and I try and convince people to send me to these places so I can raise good, you know, lots of money for great causes. So, so it, in fact, it's quite selfish because although it's raising money for a great cause, it also allows me to to go and live the dream and the life that I want to live at the same time. So, it, it's certainly not all um, self uh, selfless if that makes sense, you know, because I get a lot from it as well. But it, it's never really though about. The what I'm doing, you know, and you said, you know, you do some crazy adventures and, and 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 people look at the things that I do and they say, you know, that's that's madness to to run through a war zone or row across a an ocean or whatever it might be, climb a mountain. But actually, it's about the reasons why we do it. And the reason we do it is to is to help people and to and to and to deliver some hope through education, you know, because if it was if it was just go for a run in my local park and I could raise a hundred thousand dollars, that would be very nice, and I could spend a lot more time with my family, but In this day and age of charity fundraising, you have to do weird, wonderful and wacky things to to capture the imagination of the public and, and the donors and sponsors, unfortunately.
1: And that's going to be fun because we're going to talk about some of these crazy, some of the things you've done. I'm just like, I didn't know people did things like that. So you certainly got my attention. I want to back up a minute here because I went through a similar experience in my life where I was working a job that I just, I I sometimes say I would, if I got hit by a bus, nobody would even notice. It just didn't feel like I was making the impact on the world that I wanted to, and so. I'll tell you, it took me a while to finally quit that job. And so I would ask you, Jordan, for somebody that might be in that position that you and I were in, where we're we're working a job that just isn't doing it for us, what's your advice to that person to maybe live a life that they're more passionate about? How do you
0: get out of that kind of life and maybe start a new path? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is I think you you have to go back and address that. The first question that you asked me, I think you start with why, you know, what is your why for getting up in the morning? What is your motivation? What is, what is it that's going to get you out of bed and, and set your soul alive? And if the answer is, you know, normally the answer is not going to be getting up and doing a nine to five job that you don't really enjoy. And it's quite mundane. Um, But of course there's the reality of you have to pay the bills, you have to Mm -hmm. put food on the table and a roof over the family's head. So, it's, it's trying to find what you love doing, but also trying to make it into an opportunity that you can commercialize to bring in a sustainable income. And that's, you know, that that's a magic ingredient recipe that nobody's ever really fully worked out. And I'm sure that we're all trying to do that, you know, whether it's, uh, through the media or through adventures or, or whatever it is um, I certainly don't claim to have all the answers and, and every day is sometimes you know sometimes for me it's not easy because I I want to go and do things still but I, I need to put money on the table I, I I often find myself still having to do things that perhaps I wouldn't choose to do or wouldn't want to do but we got to do what we got to do but I th- I think it's it starts with making the decision that that, that you want to change your life and your path and I think you have to you have to take a uh, you have to take responsibility for your life because you know, I often hear people say that you know, they talk to me about what they're going to do when they retire. And I think, yeah, but when you're like 60, 65, your lifespan after that is quite short. Why don't you want to live your life now and do the things that you want to enjoy now while you're still able and healthy and active and you can do these things? Why, why, why do people talk about the bit between leaving school at 16 or 18 and then, the bit when they retire. What about this thing in the middle called life? That's the stuff that you need to enjoy. That's the stuff that that, that should you know keep keep the soul alive. And I, I find it mind boggling that people worry about what they're going to do to enjoy themselves after life is nearly over. You know, we we've got to live in the here and now. And it, you know, sometimes you have to take drastic measures as well. But. You got to be a realist at the same time, but but for me, uh, I just got to the point in my life where I, I saw my, my own mental health slowly deteriorating. Um, I had a bit of a breakdown with my, my family. We broke up. The mother of my daughter. I was in a long term relationship for over a decade, and my priorities were all wrong. You know, I was so focused on work and and making money and business and things that, that I forgot. Actually, you know what? If I'm very honest, I I think I lost my 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 moral compass. You know, mm. I. I, I, I think that's the truth of it, and I lost I lost the direction of travel, and I, I became disillusioned with things that don't really matter. You know, you know. T- today, when I speak, I speak in schools a lot to children and young people, and it horrifies me because they don't want to, they don't want to, they don't aspire to be the things that that, that people used. to. They don't want to be doctors or nurses or astronauts or explorers. Now they want to be celebrities. They want to be instagram models youtubers social media stars and it and it really pains me inside to hear this sort of thing because this is is not inspiring it's not what the next generation needs you know we we need real the, the world is full of a lot of uninspiring people right now it, it, and, and i fear for the next generation and i know i'm slightly going maybe off topic here but <laughs> but, but 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 you know it, it is it's, it's something that's a real bugbear of mine because I, I see all these overnight sort of celebrities and I think you could do so much good in the world with your profile with millions of followers, but they don't use it for anything good. They use it to sell a discount code on the latest product or or, or, or whatever it might be. And I, I just think if we all did a little bit, the world could be so much more inspiring for, for the next generation. That All that resonates with
1: me. I also work with young people and so I understand that frustration. And I, I also want to be very clear that I don't like to put everybody in a, in a bucket, you know, like this generation is, is you know, useless, that, that sort of thing. And I know you're not saying that, but but they're all different, right? And there was a lot of complaints about my generation as well. You know, one of the things that, I mean, part of the, really the inspiration for this podcast is I believe that we've kind of lost our way as a society uh, around the world of we seek out comfort and ease and we don't do hard things it's pretty obvious that you do hard things what is it about doing hard things that you
0: learn about yourself yeah I think it's I think it's so important to do to, to challenge yourself and to uh, to try and push the boundaries of, of what we perceive to be possible because you know as you go through life actually I think most people in the world are operating probably on like 25 30 percent of what they're actually capable of I, I think everybody could would be actually surprised with themselves if if they if they pulled themselves out of that comfort zone and tried to just push those boundaries a little bit further because you know it's for me it's it's you know, when you go on these adventures you 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 learn so much not just about yourself but about other people you know the people in your team the people who you meet along the way you know I I, I I've seen more. You know I've seen more acts of kindness, love, compassion, humility in some of the most challenging environments in the world than I've ever seen on my own in my own village, in my own town. you know, when I was in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, you know Syria, Libya, I've seen more love and and kindness in these places than I've ever seen in the UK but yet, you know, the, the, the irony of it is, if I switch on my TV here and I hear a story about any of those countries, I will only hear negative things. Mm-hmm. I will hear about, I will hear about bombs, about bullets, about terrorism. They don't tell you the incredible acts of humanity and kindness and love that these people uh, share. So, you know the. the for me, you, you learn a lot through travel in the world, not just through extreme challenges, but, but just by getting out there and seeing the world through your own eyes. But I think it's important when you do have a look at the world, and if you are privileged and blessed enough to travel, you have to remember to take your shoes off before you put yourself in someone else's shoes, if that makes sense. Because the, you know, you, we always look at the world through our own sort of prism. You know, we, through our own experiences, the things that that we've grown up with and and we've we, we've had in our lives when we can't always look through somebody else's eyes and, and see those same things because they've had, they come from very different backgrounds. They've had a very different upbringing. And I mean, you know, I was in, actually I was in, in the Yukon in Northern Canada last year and I met some young children who they, they had like a, what I would call a warrior spirit. You know, they were like eight, nine years old, but they'd grown up in like minus 30, minus 40 degrees. And wow. yeah, these, these kids had learned how to hunt and, you know, the hunter gatherer from a young age. And, and I just thought, I go back to my comfy home in the UK with my fire on, and I I just switch the TV on, you know, the the, the news, and I I have my central heating, and I have all these comforts, and I just go to the shop and buy some fish or, or food if I want it. But yet these people, they still go out and they're living, you know, in 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 really extreme environments, and. And, I, and, and, and there's a real warrior spirit that, that you find with these people in these extreme climates that we just don't have in our, in our normal society, you know, because we, we, we're wrapped in sort of cotton wool and this bit of a bubble these days, I think that, you know, we live in a world now where we, we, even when I went to my daughter's sports day at the school, they they don't even give a medal for first, second, and third. They give everybody a medal now. That there is, we've lost this element of competition. You know, it pays to be a winner, and we should be striving to be the best that we can be in anything we do. I think, and you see, you see, I'm not saying it's a bad world, but I think the world is changing, and I'm, I'm not sure if it's for the better at the moment.
1: Yeah, you know, I struggle with this as well. This idea that we live in this modern world where we have all these comforts, these conveniences that, quite honestly, have been designed into our life to make life easier. But at the same time, we have the extreme of you know people that are living like these these you know warrior children. That's probably not realistic for most of us to go out and live that kind of life, right? So how do we you know, I struggle with this idea of how do I pick and choose adventures and hard things to kind of inject it into my comfortable life so that I can stay maybe a little bit sharp. Any any thoughts on that? I mean, do you I assume you purposely seek out things like this to keep yourself again, maybe maybe the word is sharp.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's it's about getting it's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable uh, it's, yeah it's it's like you know and, and I, you don't have to go to the other side of the world to have one of these adventures you know it, even things like I, every day I take a, a cold shower every morning a freezing cold shower and it just it just wakens the soul it just makes you feel more alive it heightens the senses you know and, and some people me and some friends we go wild swimming in the local river and people think that's a bit crazy but for me that's just that's just adventurous it's just you know, for me, adventure is it's not about going to the the, the other side of the planet, to the polar regions or, or, or to the Sahara Desert. It's adventure is it's a spirit. It's a spirit that's deep inside all of us. And it's about harnessing that spirit and bringing it to life. And um, you can have some of the best adventures in your own backyard. You know, you, you, it's just about your imagination, your creativity and 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 just embracing nature as well, I think.
1: Do you, do you think adventure is is a playful kind of a state for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a combination of lots of states. I, I think adventure is is one of those the few things in the models, in, in the modern world that that allows me to connect with nature. It allows me to mm-hmm. c- connect with the natural world. And, I, and what I've found certainly over the last four or five years, since my mental health deteriorated about five years ago, i've really embraced adventure probably more so and, and to quite extreme levels because i love the outdoors i love what the outdoors gives me you know that release of endorphins the the ability to travel and meet new people and often the people that you meet on adventures are like-minded people that they're, they're, they're also on their own journeys you know that they're, they're, they're people who are you know, whether it be spiritual or physical or mental you meet incredible people when you're on these journeys yourself and You know, we spend so much time these days looking at a screen and, you know, looking at our phone or on social media or sitting behind a desk that it's just good. It's just good for you just to get out there and, and embrace that spirit of adventure, I think.
1: Yeah, boy, I was gonna I was gonna save this question for later, but you just kinda opened the door a little bit to this and I wanna go there with you. So let's get serious for just a minute. You have talked openly about your battles with severe depression, chronic anxiety, and even recently epilepsy. And so you're you're really kind of trying to bring some some awareness to this. And also remove stigmatism from that. So what, I mean, what would you say to our audience about those sort of struggles that you have and how, if they're struggling, how they might deal with that better?
0: Yeah, it's it's such a, a, an important topic. And, you know, if I'm being completely honest, if you'd have asked me about depression or anxiety 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't have even believed it was a thing. You know, I, I didn't. I had i was so naive and so probably ignorant as well to, to, to these these sorts of issues that, that that i just thought well they don't affect me so I, I don't even understand them they can't even be real and then when it when i when i experienced this it was it was actually as a result of of the things that happened to everybody in life it was it was the stress of work it was the relationship breakdown with my partner it was you know you're not seeing my daughter as often as i would like and just the things that sometimes th- these are normal things. This isn't because I was a soldier or because I served in conflict zones or because I traveled the world. This was about normal things that can happen to everyday people, not, no different than me. And I think the first the first battle is first you have to acknowledge it. You have to take responsibility for it because until you acknowledge that you've got a problem, you can't fix the problem. And, you know, the second thing is 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 you need to talk to people because while it's locked in your head, it's like, it's like a pressure cooker that is just, getting stronger and stronger and eventually you know we're all human so you you end up getting to breaking point and and you can't take anymore and this is where tragically we see people who have taken their lives you know and people who have, who have had severe serious mental health issues because they've not got help and whether that's because they're embarrassed or they're ashamed whatever it might be you know we need to remove those those stigmas because one thing you learn in life is we're all we're all wired in very different ways. We're all tuned very differently. What affects one person may not necessarily affect the the, the next person. And I, I learned that in the military. You know, when when you see things in conflict zones, I, I, I when I was quite a young soldier, I used to think, "How has that soldier got a mental health problem?" Because I saw something that was worse than what he'd seen, and I'm all right. And what I and again that was very that was very uh, ignorant to the to the to the issue because. Actually, as I say, we're all wired differently and we all think differently and we're all affected differently. And even though my problems didn't come from from the military, they did come from the things that most of us experience. So I I think we have to think about mental health in the same way that we think about our physical health. You know, if we if we get injured, if we break our leg or if we have a headache, we go and see the doctor or we we take some medication. Mental health is no different. If you've got something going on that isn't working for you upstairs, then you need to go and seek help for it. You need to acknowledge it, take responsibility, and the only way you're going to fix that is if you speak to people and and, and and get professional help. What a powerful
1: message. Thank you for sharing that because I think that, again, it goes back to that idea of, of the, the stigmatism that is around that. And people, I think, they lock it inside and, and they feel like something's wrong with them and, and they don't end up talking to anybody about it. And I think that uh, you would probably agree is like a worst case scenario of if you're struggling, you know, let,
0: let, let people know and talk to somebody. Absolutely. But also... Look, we need to look out for each other. You know, the, the, there's a lot of people in the world and, you know, just be kind, just be nice to each other because there's so much negativity, especially online these days. People people say things to each other in the digital space that they would never dream of saying when it's face to face. So yeah. I, I, I think we just have to be kind, be nice, be respectful, think before we, we post or we tweet or whatever it is, you know, because... You don't know what the other person on the receiving end has gone through that day. They could have had a terrible day. They could have had some bad news. They could be in a horrible place and your, your tweet or your message or whatever could send them right over the edge. So, you know, even to strangers, just say good morning, say hello, ask people how they are, because it could be the difference between life and death. And that's not even an exaggeration, I don't think.
1: Wow! Yeah, I I, I. I mean, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think we we lose track of that, right? We we get so wrapped up, especially on again, in the in cyberspace when it's it's easy to I don't know throw around careless, reckless comments that who knows what the result of that is. So. I think uh, maybe that's a good takeaway from this this podcast is be careful what you say, spread a little more kindness. And and maybe even, you know, I, I kind of tuned into this idea that you said in your adventures, you really seem to bond with, with the people that you're out there with. I think there's, there's a real, I mean, there's research to back this up, that we bond through adversity. If we can go through adversity with somebody like you do in these adventures, I think that draws people together and so maybe
0: get a little bit more of that in your life as well as, as maybe what i would say definitely and i think i think you you, you raise a great point there because we do uh, and again not just through adventure but through any form of adversity or challenge in life that we, we build strong bonds and you know we we, we see it in the military for, for 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 centuries we call you know they it was often referred to as the band of brothers you know you would you would yeah, find yeah. it yeah a group of a group of, you know, men or women sat in a trench for, for months on end. And a lot of these people, they might not have even liked each other, but they would have died for each other because of the bonds and the camaraderie, you know, and the the, the banter that was between them because of the, they were all in, excuse my language, the same shit together, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and that builds strong bonds.
1: You're you're exactly right. I always say that you know when you when you go through something like that with somebody, there's a strange bond that, that starts. And you know, I've certainly no, never been in a war zone, but you know, I've done things that have I've been so exerted that you know I'm, I'm over there puking my guts out, and there's my friend right next to me doing the same thing. And there's something about that suffering, that shared suffering, that that bonds us. And and I think again, I'm going to go back to. I think we've lost a little bit of this. Because people are living, you know, people are avoiding those things. They're avoiding the suffering. They're avoiding the hard things. And I don't think this is playing out well for us. So, you know, I, I did tune in also that you said that's helping you with your mental health is to go out in nature and, and get outside and do some adventures and, and that sort of thing. So that might be, you know, maybe something that, that people can lean on as well of get outside. That's one of my biggest things is get outside, get outside. <laughs> Definitely. Let me, let me, you know, again, I, I see all these crazy things you did. You just, in 2020, you did this crazy thing of running a marathon, an underground marathon, a thousand meters below the surface. And that's uh, roughly 3000 feet for us Yanks. What was that like? And, and I think we maybe we have already answered this, but why, why such a unique adventure? Is it because it draws attention to it? But what was it like to run a marathon 3000 feet below
0: the surface? Do you know, it was it was it was a very uh, it was a very strange and unique, challenging experience, and the, and the opportunity uh, came around. Actually, this was a, a project with a youth organisation in, in the UK called the Army Cadets. This is a credible youth organisation for you know um, one hundred thousand uh, volunteers and adults and cadets in the UK, and we we was trying to raise awareness for mental health, and the project was actually called "What Happens Beneath the Surface." Mm. And, yeah, so and why it was really interesting is because while I while I was running a marathon underground in this in this mine above the ground, the cadets were doing mental health awareness training courses. So so they didn't realize that I was setting a new world record with my team underground while they were doing some training on on mental health. So and the idea was, the message was, you don't always know what's going on beneath the surface, and it was it was an incredible opportunity, but it was incredibly challenging. It was it was sort of thirty five, forty degrees down there. We had to wear the the helmet, the goggles, the all the mining gear, what you would wear underground for safety purposes. So. It was, I think it was the longest marathon that I'd ever ran in terms of time. It was like eight hours or something ridiculous, but it was, it was an amazing experience, once in a lifetime opportunity. But, and that's what I mean, when you're trying to raise awareness or funds for a specific cause, you have to do something I always think that's gonna capture the imagination of the media, of, of the donors and the sponsors and, and that one really hit, hit the right notes for, for a lot of people in the UK.
1: Hmm. Do you ever feel like? Do you ever feel like? I, I sometimes I worry about this. Keep pushing, you know, doing more wild, crazy things. When I see you know extreme athletes, and they're always trying to do more, right? Do you ever worry that you might go too far with some of your adventures?
0: I don't think so because I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I'm not somebody who 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 is the fittest or the fastest or the best at whatever I do. I just get very creative with my challenges and. And a lot of the time, you know, I, I, we give them we give them an identity, we give them a, a sexy logo and a website, and we try to make them look as challenging as possible. But often we've put in a lot of risk management mitigation measures to to make sure we're as safe as possible. I I, I think for for any adventure that I do, and I encourage anyone else to do, everything starts with with a, a, a detailed risk assessment. And the, and there's been many times where we thought, you know, that's probably too dangerous, so let's leave that one or, or let's go back another day. I think safety is is the priority always. And, and that's an important message for anybody on any adventure, even if you're going in the local river for a swim, you know, go with a friend, don't go alone, take the relevant precautions, tell someone where you go in and, and, and those sort of things. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. You know, I sometimes I'll say I, I, I'm a risk taker, but I always like to say I'm not reckless. And so I think yeah. it's just, you know, be careful. Because these adventures can you know, we can get ourselves into trouble. And so I think that's great advice. So you spent, you know, continuing with this idea of all the crazy things you've done, you spent 149 days at sea in a stand-up paddleboard. I think that was another world record. Is that right?
0: It was it was another world record. It was the, the longest stand up paddleboard journey on the ocean. But unfortunately, or fortunately, it was actually broken by a good friend of mine quite recently. This record, um, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm actually I'm delighted because he's uh he's an amazing man, uh, and he was raising awareness for water safety for young people. And he he just absolutely smashed my record. He 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 did it in 141 days around the whole of Great Britain. Um, so. Uh, and he very kindly, his name is Brendan Prince, and he just wrote the forward to my new book, which was very kind of him. So, so 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 huge respect for him. But yeah, 149 days stood on a on a paddleboard was was probably wow. I, I would I would definitely say that was the, the the most challenging adventure that I'd taken on to try and paddle around the whole of Great Britain in in the winter was was very very difficult, probably more dangerous as well than a lot of the other things that I'd done. Even though it was right on our doorstep in the UK. And that led to your latest book, right? The Power of the Paddle, is that about that that journey and that adventure? Yeah, absolutely. So The Power of the Paddle, which is coming out in the UK next week on the 9th of November, this is all about a journey. In fact, it's about a promise to a little boy on the Horn of Africa to build a school. And and, and the way I raised the funds or, or, or the, the team that I gathered to raise the funds, the way we did this was through lots of different adventures. But the biggest one was the, the paddleboard around Great Britain. Um, and 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 yeah, we we built the school as a result of this, which is amazing and a testament to the generosity of of the great British public and and, and other people from around the world. So, but yeah, I, I you know I, I I attempted to paddleboard around the UK, and I and, and before this interview we talked a little bit about failure, and it was interesting because I didn't actually get to paddleboard all the way around Great Britain. I, I did sort of three quarters of it because of the COVID nineteen issue. People told me. Some people, not all people, some people told me it was a spectacular failure because I spent five months and I didn't complete it. And I think this really comes down to, to, to your outlook in life because I talk a lot about what I call the growth mindset. You know, we have a growth mindset and we have a fixed mindset. And the people with a fixed mindset would say it was a spectacular failure. But for me, when I look at that we paddled longer and further than anyone has before, and we built a school for 250 children on the Horn of Africa. For me, that is a spectacular success, not a failure in any way, shape or form. So I think the difference between failure and success can sometimes be your perspective on life and, and your outlook and your mindset. So, yeah, it was it was an incredible challenge. And even though some people perceived it as my greatest failure. For me, it was one of my greatest successes, even though I didn't complete it. And I think that's why adventure is so important when it comes to learning about life and, and building resilience.
1: Great stuff. Let's, let's circle back here. I, I noticed that you've written a book with your daughter, which I thought was, was really cool. Uh, and I see a theme here where you like to work with young people. And so I guess my question to you is what wisdom do you want to pass
0: on, not only to your daughter, but other young people? I think the most important thing is is to believe. I think young people, for, for, for them to believe in themselves and to believe that anything is possible, but also to understand alongside that is things won't come easy. To be successful in whatever you want to be successful and perhaps even more important than success, to be fulfilled, you know, to to, to, to be fulfilled in life. Is, is not an easy thing in this day and age. You, you, there will be hard work. There will be sacrifices. There will be setbacks. There will be failures. There will be days when you want to give up. But it's all those life lessons that, that you need to keep on believing and, and and to get up and keep moving forward every day if you want to achieve whatever it is that you're dreaming of. And, you know, for me, the big message to young people is to dream big. You know, the bigger, the better. But, but, but be relentless in pursuit of whatever that goal is. You know, don't let... Do you know? I, I find that adults adults are the worst for detracting young people from their dreams because there's lots of adults out there who never achieve their goals, so they spend their time convincing everybody else that they can't achieve theirs. You know, when actually what we need is we need positive influences, we need role models, we need people to encourage and harness young talent and 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 get them to believe in in the art of the possible. But 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 I I don't think that's cliche either. I think that if you believe something and you're prepared to make the sacrifices, you know, every day when you get out of bed, you live and breathe that goal. I, I think you get there in the end, as long as you keep moving forward every day, even if it's a slow pace, even if you're making very little progress, as long as you're moving forward and you're going in the right direction, I, I truly believe that you get there in the end, whatever it is that you want.
1: Ooh, and maybe the, maybe the answer is already in there. But, you know, I think what happens a lot of times is people see somebody like you, and they go, wow! I could never be like Jordan, and and so what would be your message to them? I mean, are you like some superhero Jordan that that we can't aspire to be like, or is it is it more? Would you say I'm just an average guy doing maybe extraordinary things? I mean, how would you describe that?
0: Uh, absolutely, the latter. I'm I'm a very normal guy. I live a very normal life, and um, and you know I I have a vision, and I try my best to deliver my vision. You know I. I think you, I try to surround myself with positive people and positive influences. I try to surround myself with people who inspire me to be the best version of me. I make mistakes. I fail. I get things wrong all the time, but I, what I don't do is I don't, I don't dwell on them. I learn from them and keep moving forward. But I'm a very normal guy. As I said earlier, I'm not the fittest. I'm not the fattest, but, 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 but I, I just try to enjoy life and I try to Whilst enjoying life, try to have a positive impact on other people's lives. And I'm, I'm no saint, I'm no angel, but we can only do our best and keep learning. I think uh,
1: that's great. That's great. It's okay. And uh, maybe you answered this. I'm I'm ready to go to our last signature question, but maybe you've already answered this, and I don't know if you want to add to this. But what is your greatest failure, and
0: what did you learn from it? Yeah, it's a, it's the big the, the big F word, the big the big F word failure. You know, I I've come to learn in my life that, that all failure means is 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 it translates to me as an opportunity to learn and grow that's what failure is it's 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 a moment in your life where you have to stop take note reflect process what's happened and then prepare to go again that's what it means for me and and again if i'm if i'm completely honest my biggest failures are perhaps not in my professional life but in my personal life you know i've i've made lots of mistakes i have I'm not one of these people who say I've got no regrets. I live a great life. I got lots of regrets, and if I had my time again, I would do things differently. But as I said earlier, you, you can't dwell on the past because you can't change the past. There's no point in worrying about things that you can't change. You have to you have to focus in on controlling the controllables, the things that you can influence, the things that you can change. They're the things that you worry about because you can do something about that. But I think for me, it was it was probably the breakdown of my relationship with the mother of my daughter. You know, I. I as I said earlier, my my moral compass, my values were misaligned. I, I focused on you know on business, on money, on traveling when actually my 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 priority should have been my family at that time in my life, you know, six, seven years ago. But and I, I did dwell on it and I learned the hard way, you know, and my mental health deteriorated and I took some harsh lessons, but luckily I had some positive people around me who brought me out of that black hole. And and I'm very, actually, I, I, my, I, see my, my ex-partner, she's, she's happily in a relationship. She's got another child and she's, she's in a loving relationship. And I, I'm very happy for them. I, I, I consider them my friends in fact. And, and it's, it's when you learn to let go of any negativity and hatred and, and anger that, that, that you can then move forward and you can progress in life. So, so I I think that was my biggest failure at that period of my life. But, I'm quite proud that I fixed it. I think another another aspect was when I was at school till the age of 16, I, I left school with no qualifications, very little. And for me, that was a complete failure. It was a catastrophe because as I've learned later in life from traveling the world that education is actually a privilege it doesn't matter how good your education is if you've got access to some form of education you're better off than probably about 60% of the kids in the world and so so for me then again another big lesson I went back to university as an adult I had to go to school as, a, as an adult and do my my bachelor's or uh, master's degree again it was because I learned the hard way because I failed at school you know I, 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 I but I took stock of the lessons later in life and I went back to fix that that gap in my in, in my education and my life so Failure is always an opportunity to learn, but you have to you have to sometimes swallow your pride you have to sometimes accept the embarrassment whatever it might be and you have to be prepared to dust yourself off stand up and 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 go again and and take on and keep moving forward that's the most important thing is you keep moving forward try not to to dwell on the past and go backwards you know and 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 keep moving forward but don't try to think too far forward because that could sometimes create anxiety as well because you you can overthink things and you can worry too much about the future so try and be mindful try and live in the moment and make progress each Day, I, I think
1: thanks for joining us this week if you enjoyed the podcast please tell all your friends if you didn't let's just forget this happened and we'll try again next week until then join the revolution to forge metal and connect with us on social media